This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs. By which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 72, I Care. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. You can't make everybody happy all the time. Once again, you can't make everybody happy all the time. This proverb is a paraphrase of an older and more elaborate proverb. And that proverb comes from a 15th century monk named John Lydgate. And so the more formal version of this proverb is You can please some of the people all of the time. You can please all of the people some of the time. But you can't please all of the people all of the time. That's John Lydgate. And I'll grant that there is probably some treasure to be found in describing what exactly is the difference between the sort of abbreviated American version, you can't make everybody happy all the time, and the original, longer, more particular, and to some extent more beautiful version of it. But this is an example of a proverb where I'm content that the abbreviated version is just as good, if not better on a few fronts, than the original. 
Now, I'd say what's interesting about this is John Lydgate was not American. And like so many proverbs, there is some contention over who deserves credit for this. If you look at a list of the people who are sometimes uh, given credit for the Lydgate quote, what's fascinating is that they're all American. Winston Churchill is not someone who is supposed to have said this. And the sort of names that you get attributed to the Lydgate version of the proverb are Franklin Roosevelt, Mark Twain, other American presidents. It's Americans that typically are credited incorrectly with having said this. And I, I find it rather interesting that this is an American quote, that it's a quote that Americans seem to have a unique fascination with. Americans think this quote is very wise. Americans are uniquely fascinated by it. I think Americans are uniquely fascinated by this quote because really Americans are the sort of people who think that pleasing everyone is a good idea. Not just a, a pleasant idea. Isn't it pretty to think that we could please everybody? Americans are the sort of people who think that trying to please everybody is a good goal and that actually going forward with it is advisable. There are people who try to please everybody. You can't make everyone happy all the time is a proverb which is spoken by someone who tried. I tried to make everyone happy all the time and I realized you couldn't do it. Now, why would someone try to make everyone happy all the time? I find this a pretty fascinating question. Before I try to answer it, let me say that you have to be profoundly naive about human nature to try to make everyone happy all the time. You would have to think yourself about the most special person in the history of the world to undertake a project that's going to make everyone happy. Now, on top of this, I would contend that trying to make everyone happy all the time is a desire not only born out of naivete, but greed. Because there's an undeniable economic benefit of making everyone happy. Like, consider, if you could do it, you can't, but if you could, if you could make everyone happy, you would be quite rich. The idea, the quote presumes that someone has tried to make everyone happy all the time. But it's worth noting that one of the reasons perhaps why you shouldn't try to make everyone happy all the time 
is because it's morally reprehensible to do so. I would say that the more ancient account of trying to please people comes from Boethius, and it's a quote from the Consolation of Philosophy. There's a moment early in the Consolation where Boethius, the philosopher, is feeling sorry for himself, and Lady Philosophy says to him, it is hardly surprising if we are driven by the blasts of storms when our chief aim on this sea of life is to displease wicked men. So maybe one of the first things to admit about trying to make everybody happy is that it's not a legitimate goal. It's a bad goal. Some people's desires don't deserve to be gratified because what they want will destroy them or it will destroy other people. Why can't you make everyone happy all the time? For starters, people are fickle. What makes people happy one day won't necessarily make them happy the next day. In order to see just how true this is, look at the Billboard Top 200 chart from five years ago. All those things, all those songs, all those records, they all made us happy. They made many people happy five years ago. But we got tired of them. Why can't you make everyone happy all the time? People don't know what makes them happy. People think they know what makes them happy. But often enough, when they receive it, they find it has a far more limited value than they thought it would, or it doesn't do for them what they had expected. Why can't you make everyone happy all the time? Some people don't want to be happy. And I think maybe one of the most compelling reasons why you can't, why it's impossible to, let alone wrong. It's wrong to make everyone happy all the time. That's on the moral end. On the practical end of things, on the purely pragmatic end of things, there are some people whose idea of happiness depends entirely on the unhappiness of other people. What this means is you have to choose who you will make happy. And you need to choose very carefully. Now, when I say that you have to choose who you'll make happy, I think that everyone already does this. And I don't believe that you make a decision once and for all over who you're going to make happy. Not even when you get married, 
do you make a decision about who you're going to try to make happy all the time? And this is sort of where everything gets quite tricky. Because on a daily basis, we have to decide who we're going to make unhappy, who we're going to try to make happy, and who's going to get left behind a little bit. And it often happens that when we're figuring this out, when we're negotiating these sorts of decisions on an afternoon, that we ask the people we care about the most to be willing to be unhappy so that we can make other people happy, right? This is what happens every time you've got a businessman who tells his son, I can't come to your game tonight because I've got a meeting. Every time a man says that, He's asking the people he loves the most to deal with it, to eat it, to absorb the displeasure that he has to give someone. And it's, it's not just boss and family, of course. Sometimes you have to disappoint your employees. Sometimes you have to displease your customers. Sometimes you make a decision that displeases your spouse and pleases your children. Sometimes you make a decision that displeases your parents and pleases your spouse. Priests have to make these sorts of decisions as well. How often can they make their parishes and congregations just deal with it? And it's not wrong, it's not sin to ask people you love to just deal with it. Jesus does this all the time. My people will turn the other cheek. We will absorb it. And there's plenty of moments in Scripture, moments in the life of Christ, precepts in the Old Testament and the New Testament, where God simply demands that his people be willing to be taken advantage of and to not complain about it. Sometimes you have to make yourself someone else's fool. One of the most profound accounts of this truth is Song of Roland, where the French soldiers, in order to maintain their honor and an agreement that they have made, a legally binding agreement, that their enemies have loopholed them, theologically loopholed them into taking have to make themselves willing suckers. And they make themselves the willing suckers of their enemies because it's what God requires of them. 
You can't make everyone happy all the time. And God often asks his people to go unhappy and to look forward to some greater happiness. But to be unhappy, no. And there's times when parents have to do that with their kids. There's times when husbands and wives have to do that with each other. There's times when a guy has to look his wife in the eye and say, I need you to absorb this unpleasant thing so that I can keep my job. I need you to just deal with this. I need you to suffer for me and to bury that suffering deep down beneath your love for me. And that's one of the things that you can ask people who love you to do. That is why love is very hard. Love is capable of absorbing unhappiness. Love is capable of being put second. Love is okay with the fact that it can be set on the back burner for practical ends sometimes. Now, we make decisions about who we're going to displease, not once and for all, but on a day-by-day basis. And there's one of those things about getting good at life is learning how much you can ask of people and not asking too much of them. What I mean is a man can tell his son, I can't make your baseball game tonight because I have a meeting. And I need you to be okay with that because you're my son. I'm depending on our bond, the bond of father and son to absorb the unhappiness of the world. And in that way, our relationships are cruciform. Because the cross absorbed the pain and suffering of the world. And we can do that in our relationships with husbands, wives, children, parents. When in a in a way, you're asking another person to absorb the, uh, the difficulty. But there's, a, there's another sense in which you're asking the relationship to absorb this difficulty. And in that way, the relationship is almost like this third thing that holds two people together. Right? That's this fascinating old platonic proverb or platonic law. One of those things that sounds sort of technical, but over the years I find myself appealing to it more and more often. Uh, Two things may not be joined together without a third thing. And in any relationship between two people, it's almost like the relationship itself is this third thing that can bind people together and can absorb the difficulties that either individual asks the, uh, the other person to to deal with. So the, the difficult thing or the, the thing about getting good at life is figuring out how much you can ask of people and deciding for yourself how much you're going to let other people ask of you. Because father can say to son, I can't make your game tonight because 
I have a meeting and I need our relationship to absorb the blow, but you can't say that every time. You can say it a lot. <laughs> you can even say it most of the time, but you can't say it all the time. And what everyone wants to know, what customers want to know, what employers want to know, what parishes want to know, what priests want to know, is that the relationship is functional, it's not exploitative. And when you never ask work to absorb the blow, but you always ask your son and his baseball team to absorb the blow, eventually the boy will come to doubt that there is actually a relationship here to absorb it. People can handle a lot. People in love can handle a lot. People you love can handle a lot. You can handle a lot. And you can handle it over and over and over again. You can accept the fact that other people need your relationship with them to absorb something difficult. But if you have any sort of emotional intelligence at all, you have to be willing to share that displeasure. You can't make everybody happy all the time, but you can't make the people you love unhappy all the time. Which means that on occasion, you've got to tell work, nope, I have to go to this game. Fine me, penalize me, whatever, I have to make it. I have to restore the strength of my relationship with my son so that I can keep coming back here to work. And all these relationships hang on each other. And life gets very complicated when you begin to lose track of what you've asked for. And you've put in so many tough requests and big asks that you can't remember who you owe. And so it behooves a man from time to time to take stock of all the demands he's made of his children, his wife, his church, his employer and to see who he owes happiness today. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.